This episode of The Happiness Question is brought to you by Jay Schiffman. Jay Schiffman is a public speaker, coach, and host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. He interviews people with lived experiences on the topics of mental health, substance misuse, and recovery, and drug use and policy to help end stigma and normalize difficult conversations through empathy and vulnerability. Each year, over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined. I'm not even talking about the other causes of death related to substance misuse and mental health. Just those two. Those are our friends, our neighbors, our family members. They go to our churches, eat next to us at our favorite restaurants. They talk to us through our favorite podcasts. And these deaths are completely preventable. There are massive system changes that need to happen. But until we can have an honest conversation about these topics, these lives will continue to be lost. That's why Jay produces the Choose Your Struggle podcast. That's why he tells his story. As a guy in long-term recovery who survived two suicide attempts and an overdose, he recognizes his privilege. He's been given a second chance in a country and a world where most people don't even get their first. For him not to use it for something truly meaningful would be a waste of his second chance. That's why he gives up every day to work to end the stigma and ensure that those who need help get the help they deserve, because we're in this together. Check out his podcast, Choose Your Struggle, by listening wherever you find podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Anchor. It's the great podcast creator and distributor that helps make the happiness question possible. They make it easy to distribute your podcast onto more than 10 platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, all without you lifting a finger. Even better, everything they offer is free. You can even get sponsorships for your podcast with no minimum listenership required, like I've got. If you're looking to start a podcast of your own, there's no better place than Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to The Happiness Question. Today I have with me Belinda Farrell, a Hawaiian hunakealer from Santa Cruz, California. Welcome, Belinda. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. I was recruited by the CIA when I got out of Berkeley, and I thought I was going to become a spy and go to Spain. They did a security clearance on me for a year. During that time, I was working with ABC News TV in Hollywood, and CIA sent me to Washington, and I realized we were not a match. <laughs> Thank goodness I realized that early on. And then I started working for a senator in uh, Washington, Senator Charles Percy of Illinois, and that's where I met my husband. And we got married in Georgetown just a week after Bobby Kennedy was, um, was killed and had his funeral. It was a very turbulent time during the 60s. And I taught school, lived in Puerto Rico, raised two children. But then at 40, I got a divorce. And my life really began to take flight. I started firewalking with Tony Robbins. And that opened me up to more possibilities. Because when you walk on hot coals, you say to yourself, gee, if I can do this, what else am I not doing that I, that I can do? And what came up was that I always wanted to drive a race car. So Tony teaches you, you never say can't. You say, if you can't, you must. And if you must, you will. So I called a racetrack and signed up for the Grand Prix road racing course. 
and it was a four-day course. I was scared to death. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift when I was there, but I learned quickly and turned out that I had some talent. And after the four days, they hired me to drive for Buick and Cadillac in New York. And I started a stunt driving career. And that lasted for almost 10 years. And I was in my 40s. It was the most wonderful, exciting time in my life. And I was also doing films and just really kind of testing the waters and taking myself to the edge and jumping off and, you know, just being magnificent. Was what you, you know, this is what we're made to be. And I was finding out who I was because during the first 40 years, I was always, you know, letting everybody dictate to me how my life should be and, and how I should act and how I should behave. And it just, I took off the lid and I really became exciting. And it was, it was amazing. That's all I can say. It was amazing. I felt very alive. I was studying Huna in Hawaii, um, which is this ancient Hawaiian healing. And I learned all about self-forgiveness. And I was healing myself at the deepest root level of my being. And then it came in real handy when I injured my back and I couldn't walk anymore. And the doctors said, you will never walk again unless you have surgery. Well, at the time, I didn't have any insurance because I couldn't work because I couldn't stand up. So I had to use the ancient Hawaiian healing that I had learned in Hawaii to heal myself. And that's what my book is about, the Find Your Friggin' Joy book of how I did it. I love that title, too. Oh, thank you. So there, ergo, there it is. Yeah, my career as a stunt driver took me from age 42 till 50, and it was magnificent. I drove every kind of car you can imagine, from Ferraris to Saabs to, you know, just doing a lot of car commercials and some films. It was exciting. And if I didn't know how to do it, I would visualize it in my head and see it done perfectly and see the director just happy, you know, it's in the can, it's, it's a wrap. And I would see that so I know that I could do it. I would rehearse it in my mind first. And um, sure enough, they had me driving through fog and snow and barriers and crashing through buildings. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I came out unscathed, thank goodness. It was fun, a lot of bruises, a lot of sore muscles, but you know, you got out alive and it was, it was great. Live to tell the tale. That's always nice. What exactly is Huna? It means secret. So these are the ancient Hawaiian secrets that the Hawaiians used for hundreds of years during a time when there was no mental illness on the island. They would forgive themselves. When the sun went down over the, the ocean, the sun would go down. They would express as a family during the ancient times, they would express all of their anger and hurt and sadness and guilt. And they would just let it go with the sun down into the water. And they would forgive themselves for the way that they were holding on to that angst so that they could move on and stay in the present time. So now we do it with our own higher self. We forgive ourselves by saying the words, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. And then we just, I just shake myself and then watch that perception float away. And you don't even have to know why you're upset about something, you just say those words 
and it erases. It's like the, the divine takes your perceptions and neutralizes it. So that's Huna. <laughs> well, I think we just have a sprinkling of what we can bring to the world that still is in quite a bit of darkness. But it's our job not to fill our hearts with that darkness so we can help by doing the forgiveness process, by not allowing myself to take on the illusions of the world and to remain in a state of joy. It's hard. I mean, I lost a son. You know, he took his life because he couldn't get out of the pain that he had from two failed back surgeries. It just, it's so sad to watch a loved one been 10 years but I still you know you still feel the pain the grief and you just move on you know I, I keep hummingbirds flutter around my kitchen all the time outside and I just try to remain in their joy and swim with the dolphins in Hawaii you know they're always reminding you to get back to the joy go through the grief but get back to the joy what do the dolphins and whales teach us I swim with the humpback whales and then eye to eye with them. They're different than the dolphins. The dolphins are about joy and fun and play and the whales are deep. You know, they're just deep, very deep. I mean, their eyeball is just huge. And I was right next to this one mother humpback and she was scanning me with her eye, just going like she could read every inch or ounce of me. Her fluke just went right over my head and she allowed her baby to come and play with us for about an hour, this baby humpback just twirling around. And it was just amazing. They're the deep, you know, the, what I say, the watchmakers of our world because they swim on the ocean and they, they're like a pod of dolphins all combined into one. The dolphins, on the other hand, teach us about breathing. And you'll see them come up every seven minutes to take a breath because they're conscious breathers like we are. If they don't do that, they'll die. The dolphins just, again, just gliding up, taking that deep breath and going back down. And then you always see them in a pod, in a community. They have one leader and everybody follows them. Nobody fights to become the leader. Just if someone takes over, the others just follow and it's like a community spirit, a pod. It just really, that's how brotherhood of man could be, you know, where we're all just in the same, in the same boat, but we're not fighting to be the leader. We're listening to whoever is, you know, gutsy enough to become the leader and then relinquish that when somebody else takes his place. It's, it's just beautiful to watch. They teach me a lot. How does self-forgiveness work? We have perceptions. We can't change the past. The past is done. But the perceptions that we hang on to are like cords that connect us to that perception. And so we weigh ourselves down with all this heaviness. So when we forgive ourselves, we're forgiving ourselves for those perceptions so we can move on and have more energy to really create in the present time or for the future. So the cord cutting, I have a CD called Chant and Forgiveness, and that takes you through this cord cutting and allows you to just let go of what, however your perceptions were with your mother and father, with your sisters, brothers, ancestors, your exes, you know, friends, 
authority figures, all kinds of power figures that no longer serve you. I mean, how long do you want to keep holding on to the way you, you felt about them 25 years ago or 10 years ago? So this just takes you through the way of cutting those cords. Or you can just say to yourself when some kind of angst comes up, I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. You're forgiving yourself for the way you're looking at that event or thing that happened to you. And then it returns you back to the present. You feel lighter, you know, and then you've got energy to, you know, take on a new relationship or uh, write a book or do whatever. That takes energy. You need energy. People, you know, don't like to talk about their energy, but it is just like money. And if you waste a lot of your energy on things of the past, you don't have a lot of energy when it comes to healing your body when you get really sick. So let's say you're only given about a hundred bucks a day of energy. By the time you get up in the morning, you put your clothes on, you get in your car and somebody cuts you off, you're just pissed. So you've probably wasted about 80 bucks of your energy on that driver. Then you get to work and your boss gives you a bad time and there goes another 20 bucks. You've spent all your money. You're exhausted. All you want to do is go back home, lay on the couch, pull the covers over. So you have to be more conscious of where you're spending your energy because it is like money and you want to preserve all of the energy you have. So I had to continue to cut cords and forgive myself for anything that came up and lots of stuff came up lots because we're really good at hiding things we just get distracted we go shopping we go you know we have a drink eat sugar do all kinds of stuff to distract ourselves from feeling those issues that come up and you need to put closure on those how do you break through your fears i was afraid of water terrified of water. When, even when I was fire walking and doing my stunt driving and looking very fearless in a car, I was deathly afraid of water. And um, I wouldn't even tell Tony Robbins because I was embarrassed. And then I got sent to Hawaii for my master course in hypnosis. And there I am surrounded by water. And I start to do all this deep breathing, the ha breathing where you take the breath and take it all the way up to the top of your head and, and you're building all this energy up and filling this glass of water and then all of a sudden I started to have dreams at night about dolphins and whales and I'd never had them on my radar ever and I thought I've got to be with these dolphins but they're in water what am I going to do how am I going to be with them in other words my desire to be with the dolphins overshadowed the fear of the water and I and I went out there with a friend that I grabbed onto his arm and made scars in his arm from my nails I was so scared but a bottlenose dolphin came to us and I was hooked all of a sudden the water was like this nurturing bathtub and I started going out the dolphin started coming to me and I became part of the pod and that was over 20, about 25 years ago. That was a huge, huge fear, going into the ocean and swimming by myself. And it, it was just huge. It just melted away and I overcame that. So you just have to look at fear in the face 
and watch it melt because all it is is an illusion. You just let it go. You don't practice it. Just whatever it is, you see it maybe in your mind's eye and watch it melt away. Maybe make it into paper, put some cotton candy around it. Your mind is a powerful tool. It created the fear in the first place. So it can uncreate it. And that way you're more empower, empowered with yourself. Now, I don't know if you experience this at all, but a lot of people experience stage fright. Do you have oh. Oh, yeah. tips for you know, overcoming that? Because it really controls some people's lives. Yeah, I was an actress for, for 20 years in addition to the stunt driving. So I did a lot of stage things. And stage fright is, I call it just stage jitters. So you don't call it fright. You've got to, for one thing, you've got to change the wording that you're using. Because as soon as you put the word in there, your body meets up with it. It creates the chemical that meets up with that word. When I was in my very first Formula Ford race, I was like, I first got get scared. And then I said, no, I'm not scared. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is wonderful. And so then I got really, really excited and then I could race. The other was making me paralyzed. So you've got to change, transform the words that you say to yourself. And so instead of stage fright, they have stage jitters and you can get over the jitters, just prepare really well. And then you go on stage and you crash it. Ooh, tell me about your book. Well, it was written after I had lost my son and I had also lost all my money in a Ponzi scheme. So you talk about losing things, losing your child and then losing your support. That's a lot of loss. And I used to do the cord cutting, but it wasn't really working at that time. It was just overwhelming. I had to sell everything that I could sell just to survive. And then I went to live with my daughter and take care of my grandson. And he really just provided me with the joy because you know how children are, these little babies, they're just full of joy. And we laughed and we played and life went on. And seven months later, somehow I received money back and that helped me to move to a different location. And somebody took me to get a reconnective healing session done and during that session all my grief was lifted it was amazing it was just a miracle and i i never forget it i wanted to learn how to do reconnective healing so i went back to chicago and how to do the reconnection the reconnective healing and there's a chapter of that in my book and i've done that for about 10 years I go to Hawaii every year i used to just take clients now i'm just kind of going by myself with my partner and we swim with the dolphins. We swim every morning out in the sacred bay and, and many times they come and join us and we play and we play the leaf game and blow bubbles together and get happy and <laughs> feel the love. It's like an elixir. The dolphins are just, they are, yeah, they're like the champagne of love. So I hopefully will be able to still do that every year, even though I'm not taking clients anymore. What do you do daily to maintain alignment with your foundation? Well, I try to take walks on the beach because I live a mile from the beach. So even though I don't go in this water, it's so cold. I do see dolphins and pods of dolphins and whales. And I breathe every day. 
you know, do the conscious breathing and I cut cords daily. I do, those are my, my rituals. I take a bath every night with Epsom salts and that's where I cut my cords and watch the day go down the drain. <laughs> I stay in gratitude. I really do. What's the plaque of your soul? Ooh, well, I just kind of made that up because the cords that you collect around yourself when you have interpretations, it forms cords and I call it plaque. And so it drowns your soul in that darkness until you erase it or neutralize it. I kind of do, you know, my own cleaning of plaque myself by cutting cords. So it's just something I made up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good visual. How do the emotions affect our physical body? Your unconscious mind runs your body because you don't tell your heart to beat. Does it all automatically cells, you know, rejuvenating themselves? So you're in charge of your emotions. If you can say, maybe I'll just get a teens annoyed instead of pissed off, you'll save your heart, you know, from damage because the heart is the center of all your healing and it feels all of the anger and everything. But, I mean, you can't be happy all the time. You have your sadness, you have your, you know, pain and suffering, whatever it is, but then you don't linger in it. Just don't linger in it. Don't drag it with you forever. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. To quote Frozen. It's good advice for handling emotional baggage. Absolutely. Some people love their baggage, though. You know, they love their, their pain. They like to tell their stories to other people. It's, you know, you have to just, this isn't for everybody. It's for people who want to get on with their life and create a much more, you know, inspiring livelihood, healthy, emotional, healthy. It's been great talking to you. How can we find more of you? Oh, well, I have a website and it's uh, Huna Healing, H-U-N-A Healing.com. And there are interviews on there. And uh, I'm wanting to put my book as an audio book. So that's one of my projects that I'm going to do this next year. So I'll be speaking the book and then doing the chants that are in the book. And the chants are very healing for people. So have fun and give the world who you are, which is joy and absolute light. Keep the light shining. That's the key. Oh, thank you. Um, like I said, it's been really great talking.